Let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, you don't lose control. You acquire self-control. He's the spirit of self-control where you can say no to sin and yes to God. He gives us power against sin. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Life Talk, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, Pastor Jeff continues his exciting series, The Gift. So far in this powerful series on the Holy Spirit, Pastor Jeff has discussed the gift of the Holy Spirit, the personhood of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit as our helper, and the Holy Spirit as our guide. On this episode of Life Talk, Pastor Jeff discusses the empowering of the Holy Spirit. As it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, grab your Bibles, and let's go right to Pastor Jeff's message, The Empowering of the Holy Spirit. All right, this is the last in this series on the Holy Spirit, but I say it the best for last because I want to talk to you about what absolutely revolutionized my own life, and that is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, we're not going to get hung up on semantics. You can call it the baptism of the Spirit, filling of the Spirit, the touch of the Holy Spirit, the second experience of the Holy Spirit. You can call it what you want. All I know is it's real. Okay? So we're going to talk about the Spirit's empowering, and I want to quote Jesus because you're safe as long as you're quoting Jesus, especially on something like this. It's a little bit controversial, but it shouldn't be. So let's see what Jesus said about the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Luke 24, verse 4. I'm going from there to Acts 1. And if you just go to Luke 24 and then to Acts 1, you're going to be on good ground. Luke 24, verse 4. Now, here's Jesus. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been, now what does it say? Clothed with power from on high. Interesting phraseology, isn't it? Clothed. Now, let's go to Acts 1, verse 4. But being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said... You have heard from me. In other words, I've been talking about it. Jesus said to his disciples, I've been telling you about it, and it's about to happen. For John baptized with water, but you shall be, now read it with me, church, baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. There you got two words, clothed and baptized, both in the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 8, but you shall, read it with me, receive power. Turn to your neighbor and say, that must mean you. You shall receive power. When? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me 
in Jerusalem and in Fort Worth and in Texas. I'm sorry, I read it wrong. (laughs) You shall be witnesses to me in Fort Worth, in the DFW Metroplex, in Texas, in America, and around the world. Okay. Let's pray. Father, we need the Holy Spirit like never before. Oh, Lord, we need to be clothed with power. We need to be enveloped in your power, filled with your power, draped in your power, and sent in your power. And so, Lord, today we ask you, clothe us, fall upon us, breathe upon us, and I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God heard that prayer. Oh, he heard that prayer, I promise you. I'm a debtor to the Holy Spirit. I'm a debtor to the cross of Christ. I'm a debtor to the blood of the Lamb. But I'm also a debtor, a great debtor to the Holy Spirit. I would never become a preacher without the power of the Holy Spirit. He would have never taken a skinny, wasted, hippie in juvenile home and called me to preach and stood me behind a pulpit, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm a debtor to the thousands and thousands of times he's picked me up, refreshed me, spoken to me, encouraged me, guided me, strengthened me, helped me, spoken to me, set my heart on fire afresh and anew. I'm a debtor to the Holy Spirit. And so are you. Now, so far in our series on the Holy Spirit, We've talked about five things. Here they are, the gift, that it's a gift. The Holy Spirit's a gift. You can't earn it. You can't merit it. The Holy Spirit is given by Jesus because of his sacrifice for us. So he's a gift. And then we talked about the personhood of the Holy Spirit. He is not an it or a goosebump or a thing or a force. But the Holy Spirit is a person. He thinks. He strategizes. He has a will. He feels. He speaks. He moves. He is a person. Then we talked about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We're not to be filled once. We're to be filled over and over and over, repeatedly, continuously, day after day, week after week, ongoingly, be being filled. And then I talked about the Holy Spirit as our helper. He's helped us. How many of you can say, this week he helped me? Raise your hand. I want you to look around how active the Holy Ghost is in the church. Just turn around and look. All these hands, all those hands, people were helped by the Holy Spirit. And then I talked last week about how he's our guide. He guides us. He guides us. The steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he will not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. I will lead you and teach you in the way that you should go. Don't be stubborn like a horse or a mule, but follow the guidance of God in your life. So he's our guide. He guided us. I'm going to ask you again, how many of you this week were guided in some decision by the Holy Spirit? He guided you. Look how active he is in the church. Now, I want to talk to you today about the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And I got to deal with three words because Jesus threw out three words that we need to understand before I continue. So let me just do it real quickly. Three words. The first, he said, don't go minister in my name until you have been clothed in power. What an interesting choice of words, clothed, because we all got dressed today. Thank God all of you are dressed. 
We all got dressed today, right? But Jesus said, in the same way you get dressed, you clothe yourself. I'm going to clothe you in Holy Spirit power. I'm going to clothe you. The Greek word is enduo, and from enduo we get endued. And so some of your Bible translations will say, until you be endued with power. But I think it's a great translation to say clothed. Because Paul uses the same word to describe putting on the armor of God. Clothe yourself in the armor of God. Be clothed in it. He used the same word on putting on, clothe yourself in the new man. You have a new man, and you are to walk in the new man. You are to walk, not according to the old man, the old man of sin, but the new man, created anew in Christ Jesus. Clothe yourself in that new man. He uses it again, uh, being clothed in Jesus. Get dressed up in Jesus. That's dressed to kill. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way. When you're dressed in Jesus, you kill the devil. You kill the works of Satan. You drive back satanic assignments when you're dressed in Jesus. So Jesus is drawing a picture here. I'm going to clothe you. You are going to be clothed in the power of God. And then the next word he used, he said baptized. He said, don't go out of Jerusalem. Luke quotes him in Acts 1. Don't go out of Jerusalem until you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's another word. The, The Greek word is baptizo, and it does not mean sprinkled. It doesn't mean sprinkled, like being in a little, you know, uh, yesterday it sprinkled on me a little bit when I was sitting on my patio. That's not what he's talking about. If I'd been sitting on my patio and somebody had come up behind me like they do at games with the big thing of Gatorade and dumped it all over me, that would have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay? The word means submerged, submerged. Jesus compares the baptism of John where John didn't just sprinkle you. John put you all the way under and brought you back up like we do. That's why we call it take the plunge. If you got sprinkled as a kid, it hasn't taken. Get baptized. You need to be baptized. Baptized with him by baptism into his death, raised to walk in the newness of life. So you're buried with him by baptism. You go completely under. Jesus said, that's what I'm going to do with you and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to drench you, saturate you. I'm going to pour the Holy Spirit on you. Uh, When a person is baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can't get away from it. It means to be submerged in spiritual power, submerged, clothed by his power. Both words, baptized and clothed by, carry the idea that the receiver is totally encompassed in, totally enveloped in the mighty power of God. When you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, nobody has to tell you that it happened. You know that it happened. So we're not kind of talking about just kind of being touched. Like, ooh, I just kind of felt the Holy Spirit pass me by. Uh Uh-uh. We're talking about the whole person is baptized in the Holy Spirit head to toe. Power. And that's the third word that I want to talk about. He said, I'm going to baptize you in power. Don't leave until you have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the baptism in power. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to fill you with power. Now, we know what power is. If you grab hold of an electric wire, a live wire, if you grab hold of it, you know you've grabbed hold of it because it knocks you down. It's 
power. We understand power. We understand the power of wind when we see it sweep through trees or terrible wind like tornadoes or hurricanes that blow houses down and blow trees down. We say, look at the power of that wind. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he's going to come in power. Tangible, feelable, sensible power. Not an idea, not a concept, but real power. See, the greatest power in all the world is spiritual power. By spiritual power, we're going to be caught up together with the Lord in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. By spiritual power, by His spiritual power, you are changed from death to life, from lost to found, from blind to sight. By spiritual power, He made you alive in Jesus Christ by spiritual power. Spiritual power is real. And the word is dunamis. You've all heard it, dunamis. He said, I'm going to baptize you in dunamis power, in dynamite power. We get the English word dynamite from dunamis. It means force. It means might. It means ability. It literally means power through God's ability, the ability of God by his power moving through you. The word dunamis is all throughout the New Testament in connection with the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says Jesus returned from the wilderness. He was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness. And it says when he went into the wilderness, then he encountered what I call the showdown in the desert. The devil came to him to stop him before he started. He tried killing him when he was a baby. He tried stopping him before he was launched into his ministry. And the devil attacked him and hit him with temptation after temptation, just vivid temptation, just really serious temptation. And the Bible says that Jesus defeated him by the word of God and came out of the wilderness. Luke says, in the power, in the dunamis of the Spirit. And that's when he went into the synagogue and began his ministry. And immediately demons started crying out of people. And the people started being healed and delivered. And the miracles began to flow when Jesus came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. It says in the book of Acts, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with, say it with me, Power, power, and it's the same word, dunamis. Matthew eleven twenty. then he, Jesus, began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works, dunamis. Works there is dunamis, works of power. He began to rebuke the cities in which he did works of power because they did not repent. They saw the lame healed. They saw the dead raised. They saw miracle after miracle, and they still did not repent. Matthew 13 It says, when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works, dunamis, these mighty works of power? How is he doing this? When you encountered Jesus, two things stood out to you. His powerful wisdom, the way in which he spoke, no man spoke like this man No man speaks like this man, it was said of him. There is nobody on earth talking like this man with his wisdom, and it was his works of power. They saw the wisdom and they saw the works of power. Jesus was enveloped in dunamis power. Now, I'm going somewhere with this because Jesus is about to tell us that the same power that was resting on him, he's going to share with us. He's going to share it with us. Jesus promised his fledgling church, you're going to receive the very 
power of God, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit falls upon you. And it didn't just fall in the first century. Church. On the day of Pentecost, that was the church's birthday. The Holy Spirit didn't fall then and then stop when the last apostle died. That's baloney. You're going to tell me that God is going to take away our power when the enemy is moving right and left all over the world? No. If anything, he's going to more empower us. Jesus never intended for his church to be a retiring, reticent, timid, fearful, defeated, weak church. He intended for his church to be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. He gave us power. I want you to say with me, he gave power. power. Do you feel powerful? Well, even if you don't. Don't listen to your feelings. Your feelings don't guide you. The Word of God does. And the Bible says He gave us the Holy Spirit to empower us. Now, let me ask you a question. For what reason did Jesus give the Holy Spirit? Why did He give the power of the Holy Spirit to the church? He answered it Himself. He said, here's why. This is in the same verse. He said, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, and then you shall be witnesses to me. You shall be witnesses to me. He said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn every one of my people into a minister of God. Every one of my people. Everybody look up at me for a minute. I'm talking right to you. Every one of his people are called to be ministers of God, and he has anointed you with holy spiritual oil, and that is the Holy Spirit of the living God. You are anointed, and you are appointed with the Holy Spirit. Jesus makes it abundantly clear that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not poured out on people to play with like a toy or to get goosebumps, though you do get goosebumps. I've had millions of goosebumps based on the touches of God's Spirit on my life, but that's not why He gave the Holy Spirit to us. He didn't give us the Holy Spirit to seek out endless emotional experiences, though it is emotional. But he didn't give us the Holy Spirit for the sole purpose of us having an emotional experience. The Holy Spirit wasn't given to get drunk on, as some put it. That's always bothered me. Listen, he delivers us from drunkenness. Now, he can bless you and touch you where maybe you feel a little bit off balance. Let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, you don't lose control. You you acquire self-control. He's the spirit of self-control where you can say no to sin and yes to God. He gives us power against sin. The Holy Spirit was not given for us to form bless me clubs or to make a spectacle of him. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the church to empower us for ministry. That's why he was given, to empower us, to give us spiritual power. Jesus said, you shall be witnesses for me after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you have been clothed with power, baptized in power. Then you're going to be a witness for me. And ministry is exactly what happened after the Holy Spirit fell on those on the day of Pentecost. Peter and John went to pray. They met a lame man on the way. He held out his palm and he asked for an alm, and this is what Peter did say. I wish I could say I'm making that up as I go, but that's an old song. Silver and gold have I none, 
but such as I have, give I thee. You can't give what you don't have. He says, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, that's what I'm giving you. And what I do have is the name of Jesus, and I am clothed in the power of God. So in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. He went walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. And everybody around knew that he had been born this way. And so they said, how could this have happened? And they even began to almost worship Peter and John. And it says in Acts 3.12 that Peter said, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us? As though by our own power, dunamis, or godliness, we made this man walk. He's saying, we don't have this power. This is not of us. This is not from us. This has been done by the power, dunamis, of God that we have been clothed in. The Bible describes the early church this way, and I wonder if the Holy Spirit was to do a quick sweep through the Western church, if this is the way he would describe the current church. You answer it yourself. It says in Acts 4.33, and with great power, dunamis, the apostles gave witness. See that? Power, witness. Power, witness. Power, witness. The apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on them all. Would you describe the current church age that way? Walking in great power, witnessing for Jesus, walking in great grace? I wouldn't. I would say some are, but too many of them have sold out to the culture and sold out to the world. Folks, we've got to get back to the Bible. We've got to get back to the Word. We've got to get back to the power of God. Jesus commanded his disciples not to begin their ministry until they had been clothed with power from on high. When the day of Pentecost came, this is exactly what happened. The 120 were gathered together in prayer when suddenly the Holy Spirit fell upon them, and they were all filled with or clothed with the Holy Spirit's power. The Bible tells us in Luke that Jesus himself returned from the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. And in the book of Acts, we are told how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. If Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was clothed in the Holy Spirit's power for ministry on this earth, then I think it would be essential that we also should walk in the power of the Holy Spirit for our lives. Allow the Holy Spirit in you to do His work. Well, that's it for now. We hope you've enjoyed the message and will remember this today. The Holy Spirit will be with you and live in you wherever you are and wherever you go. Be sure to join us on the next Life Talk program as Pastor Jeff continues with part two of the message, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. The Spirit's Empowering is the last message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Gift. You can own a copy of this six-CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. 
Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Gift, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. So call now, toll free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.